This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The last first take of the 22-23 season now, but the Week 18 finale with no postseason in sight. It's very depressing to know that Saints football ends today, Jeff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think there's a good number of people who gave up uh, prior to this four-game winning streak. Because I remember bringing up the idea on this program <laughs> – of like, hey guys, there's a chance the Saints finish four and zero, and they might, you know, sneak into the playoffs. I definitely laughed and, at that. And no one at that point was like, no, they're even if they finish four and zero, they're not going to make it in. Everyone was like, there's no way they could possibly finish four and zero. Right? It's like Jeff, they can't like, even win two in a row. Like me just saying that lit up the text board, saying like, <laughs> wow, you're homers. These guys have no idea yes, what they're yes. talking about. And I'm like, okay, fine. Um, but you know, so we got a we got a call and we have a text here that wanted clarity on the that the eighth seed thing and we brought this up at the beginning of the show. Okay. And I just I'll just come back and, and touch it again because um, we got text three three texts in a row asking the same question. Um, the NFL was kind of going through options and how they could reconcile not playing that Bills Bengals game, which they decided not to resume. It's just a no. It's a no no action game, right? Um, and so one of the ideas that they floated was adding an eighth playoff seed in each conference to kind of balance with no team getting that first that first overall seed by and, and blah 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 they opted not to do that you know which which is probably the right thing to do it would have added a lot of of unnecessary mechanics to a system that's already kind of being confusing for a lot of people involved and they're going with kind of a neutral site uh concept for the afc championship if if certain teams get there. So just to answer that question simply, they considered it, they decided not to do it. It's it's that simple. It's pretty crazy because, you, I mean, you got to think that the Kansas City Chiefs are like, well, what do you mean neutral site? I mean, we're, yeah. the, we're the top seed if we make – We play all we make, our games. Exactly, right. Yeah. And, you know, we can also mention, so this is because the DeMar Hamlin injury, he went into cardiac arrest on the field. They ended the game right there. They will not resume that game. DeMar is is doing much better. Thank goodness. Um, you know, he's awake now. I think he said his breathing tube removed. He even uh, spoke with his team on Zoom, so that's awesome to hear. Because, um, you know, when he went off the field, I don't think anyone knew what to expect. Um, and so the fact that, you know, we're six days removed and we're already talking about the fact that he's, you know, awake and speaking, and that's that's awesome news. Um, but, you know, it's still it's still traumatic for everyone involved in that situation. He's still got a long way to go. And, you know, teams across the NFL this week are going to be honoring him, right? There's going to be jersey patches, I believe, with the number three on them. Um, there's some shirts that, that everyone's going to be wearing, some hats. And uh, I know the Saints are going to be doing kind of a moment of, quote-unquote, respect, I think. It's not like a moment of silence, you know, which – Right, right it, after it, player inductions. Yeah, right before the national anthem, right. So, you know, it's just a moment for everyone to kind of show their support for DeMar, um, which is – it's cool to see. But, you know, that's that's why – 
it, it all kind of comes full circle. And that's why you have some of these kind of awkward questions about, okay, what are you going to do? Is because that game wasn't played and it was directly impacting the playoff race, they had to kind of figure out how to reconcile that with the teams that are involved, which is, you know, the Chiefs, Ravens, Bills, Bengals. So, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, an- another thing that popped up, you know, recently, which I, I, I was obviously interesting for Saints fans is the fact that the Denver Broncos reached out to the Saints for permission to talk to Sean Payton about an open head coaching position. And uh, that was approved. And they can't, they can't, though, have the discussions until the 17th. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you need it? Why do you need permission now? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think this, it's just the just a formality. You have to get permission before you can talk to him because he's under contract. So, I mean, I think the Broncos are in a position where they are already have fired their coach. Right. Right. So I think they're just making sure that the, you know, all of their T's are crossed <laughs> and their I's are dotted. Right. Because they have one of the advantages they have is that they've already fired their coach because that is an advantage, right? You don't have to, you don't have to be coy with the guy in there. You don't have to pretend right, we're happy with what we have right, right. now. You're not, fo- the bridges are burned already. Exactly. You can, you can, you know, you can throw a rope and climb across and that's what they're doing right now. And so, yeah, I mean, that's why they're asking now. So they can be the first one through the door when they, when they get it. The interesting thing is, you know, the initial report, I think from, from Ian Rappaport was that they had already kind of hammered out <laughs> the, the necessary compensation that the saints would be wanting in such a trade. But uh, Adam Schefter reported, I believe this morning that that is not actually the case. They'll, they will hammer that out afterward. So, and I, and I think there's, there's a very significant difference there, right? Because had they already negotiated prior to this, it would be a question of, okay, do they want to hire Sean? And if they do, then they're going to pull the trigger and that trade is effectively done. Without without hammering it out, it then becomes okay. Do they want to trade for him? And then okay, what will that negotiation be? So like, there's a significant difference there, um, because the asking price is is the, one of the bigger questions. Not not whether other teams are going to be involved, um, but I do think part of that is probably it's so early in the process that you don't want to, you know, you don't want to undersell what you might be able to get, right? So the Saints don't necessarily know what the market's going to be right now. And so uh, establishing a price might be, you know, coming in too low. So that could be a part of it too. But either way, there's a lot to be determined in terms of what this what this uh, race is going to look like for Sean's services. Yeah, to me it's only positive news, obviously, when you have a team lining up already before the season's even done yeah. with that, you know, you know, Sean's services are wanted. I think we all expected that, obviously. But to have your first team officially now in the hunt for Peyton just uh, – will help hopefully drive up that price for him. Yeah, any team that was considering it now knows that they are in direct they got competition somebody else, right. with another team. And that only helps the Saints, even if the Broncos you know, hit the brakes and are saying, you know, it's not worth it, we don't have that many assets, because they don't. What the Broncos do have is a late first-round pick, which they acquired in the trade of, I believe, Bradley Chubb. I think they have the 49ers' yeah. first-round pick. But they don't have their own because they used that to trade for Russell Wilson. So even though the Broncos, Mr. Unlimited, yeah. So <laughs> even though the Broncos have a top five pick coming in, that's going to Seattle. So that is not a pick that you can get in the trade with the Broncos. So you know they're limited in what they can send. I think they also have a second and a fourth this year. They have their and all of their picks in 2024. So you know that's kind of a question. Whereas there are a few teams that could potentially make a deal with a lot more intriguing assets. 
for the Saints. So you want them to get involved. You want as many people in there as possible, and so you have that kind of started with the with the Broncos right now. You know, just off the top of your head, you know, I I can think of a few teams that come to my mind at least. But besides this, you know, the Denver Broncos, who else would you think would be in this running to maybe make that run after Sean? Well, yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, so there was a lot of talk about the Chargers. I would be very surprised if there is an opening there based right. on what the Chargers have done. And we talked about this on, our, on the podcast, Inside Black and Gold. And one of the things that when you're talking about a head coach, it's really hard to fire a head coach when they have improved year over year, right? There's a point where you get to a plateau, and then you can say, you know what, You've, you ha- this, is, this is your You've ceiling, maxed out, right? and we don't believe the Cowboys are out right now. So if you're, if you're the Cowboys and you get to the first round of the playoffs and you lose, then I think Mike McCarthy is potentially on the hot seat because you've already reached a point where you feel like you should be going higher than that and you can fire a guy. In the Chargers case, they went from just missing the playoffs to now being in the playoffs. And even if you lose in the first round, if you're competitive, it's really difficult. Like You have to find a reason to fire a coach. And you know, improving year over year is tough to do that. The, the, so I don't see that coming open. And that really limits the Saints' options there. Miami's another weird one because yeah, definitely. there are reports that they might fire Mike McDaniel. And early in the season, I would have told you, no way. Right, you're crazy. They started, what, 8-3, and three, and now they've lost five games in a <laughs> row. They're 8-8, eight and eight, and his jokes aren't landing. Like, that's bad. Um, and so, you know, maybe they fire him. But, you know, he's a guy who I think if, if he ends up on the market, you know, he's getting snatched up right quick, whether he's an offensive coordinator or getting another head coaching job. So totally agree. I would think even the Dolphins, as mismanaged as they are, <laughs> I would be surprised if they did something like that. But that would be a team that, you know, they've already shown interest in Sean. They don't have a first-round pick this year because they were interested in Sean. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, that's that's an option. The Panthers obviously have a head coaching vacancy. Um, I think the asking price would be a lot higher for the Panthers just because they're in the division. But, hey, maybe they pull the trigger. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe the Bucks move on from, from Todd Bowles because I think this would be considered an unmitigated disaster if he had not made the playoffs. I think which, Saints fans would riot if they he goes to any NFC South team. And not if they get multiple first compensation, round picks, right? The, the right? right compensation. I got you. Um, you know, I think Houston is a is a low key Very interesting, interesting option yeah. just because of the assets they have and the they're basically a blank slate, right? They can move the number twelve overall or whatever it ends up being, like their their mid round first round pick, and still retain the number one overall pick. So you can say, you know, hey, if you want Bryce Young and you want to rebuild your team starting there, you, you come right here and do it. And, uh, you know, I, I don't – oh, the head coach's name. Um, what's his – Lovey Smith. I don't know how, how secure he is when – I don't know how secure anybody is when you go, what, 2-14 and 14 and 1. Like, that's not exactly a uh, – If Sean does up and end up in Houston, though, you can definitely guarantee Brandon Cooks is on his way out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with him. But, you know, so those are a few options. And – but there's not going to be as many teams as you probably thought there would be at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, Josh McDaniels is interesting. He's a first-year head coach, but the Raiders obviously have uh, have underperformed. Their their quarterback has left the team. You know, that's obviously not a great situation. This is a team that needs to build its kind of cachet in Vegas, so maybe that's where you could see him going. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it – there's going to be teams interested, but I don't know if there's going to be kind of that critical mass that you were hoping for midway through the season. Yeah, I was wondering, low-key, would Chicago have, you know, get into the running? But It's I, possible. I mean, they're they're still with a, a first-year head coach this year, or is it second year for them? 
I'd have to. I, I'm yeah, not I'm not sure, off yeah. the top of my head, but yeah, they definitely have underperformed and have been a revolving door over there. So I wouldn't be surprised. And Sean's obviously got some ties to the Chicago area, and I think has a pretty good relationship with the ownership. Uh, we'll be coming back from the break on first take with some callers lined up here. We're going to get to Derek, Tony. And Jimmy on the line, want to hear from you at 504-260-1870. The Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line here on First Take, the final one of the 2022-23 season here on WWL Saints Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. First take here on WWL. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak getting you ready for Saints-Panthers season finale. Week 18 in the Caesar Superdome. A noon kickoff on WWL Saints Radio. We're going to get to some callers that have been hanging on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. Want to hear from you, Hoodats, as we gear up for this game. 504-260-1870. And we're going to go to our man in Australia first up jeff what a fitting way to end i guess you would say first take with one of our loyal listeners tony <laughs> in australia tony how you doing this morning g'day steven yes yeah really good um eight and nine sounds a lot better than seven and ten doesn't it yeah it's still not in the playoffs so i don't think anyone would tell you they're happy no no it. it's not in the playoffs but to me the team uh, owes the loyal fans to go out with a bit of a bang, and the both both lines, the offense and defense, they have to play the same way they have been playing the last three weeks, and they'll get they'll get the win. Well, so I'll, I'll I'll say this: like eight and nine versus seven and ten doesn't matter to me. There's no difference to me in that regard. Going out on a four game winning streak does matter to me. Um, and it's something the Saints haven't done since 2011. This is the first time since 2011 they have finished the season on a streak of four or more wins. That's and, pretty impressive, right? And, like, I get it. It doesn't really mean anything for the playoffs this year. It means something to the players. It means something to the organization. And there is such a thing as momentum heading into the offseason and feeling good about yourself and, like, knowing that you can kind of build off of what you were able to accomplish late in the season. That's not nothing. Um, whereas the difference between 7 and 10 and 8 and 9 – 
I, I mean, I don't think it, you're going to go into the offseason being like, wow, that's great, you know. But you do feel there, there is optimism to be had when you when you can finish the season the way they have. Yeah, the the momentum of four straight, it definitely won't carry into week one of next season, but it, it is a better feeling you have overall for a team that, I mean, man, it's been so tough, Jeff, just because there you can – it's just about every game you could look at and say there's the, the woulda, coulda, shoulda aspect to it. We talked about, you know, the Tampa Bay game should have been a win, yeah. but there's still so many more this year. And the defense has been been pretty damn impressive down this stretch, but we've seen them fail so many times in late game scenarios. And it's, it's just a question of what's happened. Well, like there, there will be people that try to say like this team isn't that close. And it's like, <laughs> That's objectively not true, right? <laughs> right? I get it. If you're saying they're not that close to winning a Super Bowl, you know, fair. We could have that debate. If you're saying they're not close to being a playoff team, um, I beg to differ. They are one blown 13-point lead in the fourth quarter away from being a playoff team. And, like, that was the whole idea going into this season. It's why you traded that first-round pick from next year to get one this year. It's why you kind of went all in and brought in Chris Olave. And, like, you felt like you had a chance to win the NFC South this year. And the fact is they did up until this week right like the the bucks had to overcome two 10 point fourth quarter deficits the last two weeks just to be able to make sure they didn't go into this week with a chance to lose the nfc south and so yeah things didn't go perfectly this year but this was team was close enough to give it a shot and i think you've seen that over the final few weeks of the season now you would have liked them to be more consistent early in the season i don't know if they handled the quarterback position the way that they should have um, and I don't know if what you're going to do at that position going forward, but that's the biggest question to me. If we're going to get calls, we're going to get texts about how, okay, they should move on from Dennis Allen. They should move on from Pete Carmichael, blah, 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 blah. I think there are levers you do need to pull, uh, on the, on the coaching staff to some respects. But the question to me is who is the starting quarterback next year? It's not who the head coach is. Yeah. I mean, I would say week one of the season for me, it's still going to be Andy Dalton right now well, we could say even, that right even though he isn't even contract under yeah. contract for next year after today he's not on the saints anymore well i, mean, I don't know <laughs> that's not technically true i don't know when his contract is technically and, uh, up. officially up right but he doesn't have a contract this is the last game he is under contract but james does james is under contract <laughs> right but he's not playing so like i don't think anyone knows right now who the starting quarterback is going to be next season i mean I, I it could be it could be a variety of people it could be baker mayfield i don't know but like that's the question you need to answer. Could be Derek Carr. It could be. There's a lot of guys who could be, right? It could be mystery, you know, mystery door number three. I don't know. I can't wait to have these what-ifs all the rest of the offseason. Well, we, we have a podcast we need to produce, so thankfully there's stuff to talk about. But, like, I don't, I don't think that – like, I think you're focusing on the wrong things if you think, like, okay, this 8-9 and nine team needs to fire their head coach so they can get to being a playoff contender. It's like, no, you need a quarterback. You need a quarterback to be a playoff contender. And right now I don't know who that is. And so that is my big question, not who the head coach is. No, it's, it's a huge question. And obviously, you know, with no first round pick, it becomes, you know, a little bit of a bigger guessing game. Do they get that first rounder back? Obviously, with the Sean Payton trade, can you find the quarterback of the future in the second round of this NFL draft? Which is historically has been impossible <laughs> to do. I mean, just truthfully, you don't usually it find happen. I mean, uh, every now and then you'll strike gold on like a Dak Prescott or a Russell Wilson, but that is incredibly rare. Drew was a technically a second rounder. Yeah, and they didn't, <laughs> they didn't draft him. No, no. Right, and so like I think that's where I'm going with this is 
you know, the track record for drafting a quarterback in the second round and developing him is much less uh, effective than finding a quarterback that has already been developed elsewhere and kind of bringing him to the next level in your system. Yeah, and I guess, you know what, if you do that, you go along that aspect, that becomes a question then, do you need Andy Dalton as quote-unquote that bridge guy if you have a experienced younger quarterback? If you're drafting a quarterback, yes, then yes, absolutely. you do need a bridge. Right. Because I don't, you don't want to go into a season um, but it, having to start a rookie who might not be ready and then having him lose all their confidence. So you do need a bridge. Even if even if the start even if the rookie beats out the bridge, sure, like Russell Wilson did to Matt Flynn, you do need to have a bridge. So I think Danny Dalton would be that guy. And I I mean he's thirty six years old at that point. I don't think he's complaining about being called a bridge. But if you get a Baker or if you get a Derek Carr, do you still consider bringing Andy back? I would competition. I would say maybe just for the fact that obviously injuries, we've seen it happen before. Even this year, where all of a sudden you know Jameis got banged up and boom you're turning to Andy Dalton as your experienced veteran. It's possible, and you know you can bring him in for another one-year, $3 million contract to be the backup. I don't think you would complain about that, especially a guy who knows the offense at this point. So it would yeah. be a question of whether he thinks he can be a starter somewhere else or if he wants to continue to be a backup. But I do think there is a question of whether you want to continue to try to be this you know, former number one overall pick reclamation site. <laughs> Um, which which is what you would be if you tried to bring in Baker Mayfield, right? Like like the Falcons have tried to do that. Teams teams try to do that all the time, right? Like you have these former top picks who didn't pan out, and then they that's the Panthers, right? Like that's the entire Panthers roster. <laughs> um, and now you're back to Sam Darnold, and I just don't think I don't know if that's the te- that's what you want to be. Um, but you got to figure something out, and and I don't think that that sticking it out with and pretending that your future quarterback is secure with a guy that's going to be, you know, that's on the wrong end of 35 is is the answer either. So I think you're going to have to do something. Surprisingly, someone, Jeff, does want to talk about Saints-Panthers. We're going to go to Jimmy and Gretna. Uh, actually wants to talk football and not off-season madness yet. Jimmy, how are you doing this game day, my man? Yeah, man. Look, I got a $5 ticket on Soho <laughs> for the seat secondary. Now, look, they got $5 tickets right now on SeatGeek and all these secondary markets yeah. uh, for the game today. I know some people say that's like a, a elevated preseason game, but it's still a regular season game. It's a little rainy out there, but, hey, you know, if anybody's listening to this, you can get a $5 ticket. I right. thought I'd let you guys know. Um, a couple things. Number one, do you guys, looking back on the season as we're wrapping up with the Jameis Winston experiment, was that an issue of him being basically demoted due to talent level or lack thereof? Or would you say that was like a, a recurring back issue or maybe a combination of both? You know, I think at the end of the day, I think if he, if Jameis never gets hurt, he's probably <laughs> the starting quarterback the entire season. I would agree with you, yeah. What happened to Jameis is Andy Dalton played well, right? Like, like uh-huh. we, could, we can look at it however we want. Andy Dalton had one of his better seasons as a starting quarterback this season. Like, and so – what happened is you have a defensive head coach who wants to get to a baseline on offense and peak defense, right? And so what you saw with Andy Dalton is very much a high a high floor, probably lower ceiling offense. And I think that's what Dennis Allen felt comfortable coaching with from an offensive perspective. Whether it was the right decision or not is another question, but I think that's what happened. And so it, it is frustrating. I'm frustrated for Jameis that he never got the chance 
to really kind of spread his wings in this offense and spread his wings. So, so and, re- and, and to wrap this up on the Jameis thing, is he he has an opt-out clause, right? He could opt out and go play for someone else next year. Is that the situation? I'd be lying if I told you I was familiar with Jameis's contract in that regard, but I would be surprised right. if he's on the roster next year. Let's put that yeah, way. Well, it's kind of... well listen, we'll, we'll, hey, look, listen, guys. Happy New Year, and I'll, I'll be at the Dome. Uh, I, and I'll finish with this. I Look, I don't like the idea. I don't know what we're going to get for Sean Payton. It looks like he's going to maybe, uh, you know, lead us to getting some compensation, maybe even Michael Thomas. I know a lot of Saints fans want to just throw him out there. Somebody's going to get Michael Thomas for dirt cheap. I don't like that. I think his whole legacy is on the line, and he's due for a comeback. And otherwise, anything less than that is just going to be bad for his legacy. And, you know, he's, t- he's restructured and all that. Is there any chance we keep him if we don't get the compensation we want? And what would be the lowest amount of compensation you guys would want for Sean Payton and or Michael Thomas in the offseason? And I'm going to hang up and listen. Thank you, Jimmy. Well, yeah, we, we, we were going to get into Mike Thomas more in the, 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 the last couple minutes of this program, so that's good uh, to tee us good up. Good segue, right? Yeah, we can get into a bit here probably after the break. But I, I, you know, I think with Michael Thomas and what, so what's happening with him is he restructured his deal. He was due about $15 million next season, and now that's down to about $1 million. And so that saves you roughly $14 million against the cap, but it does guarantee a lot of that money down the road. And we don't, don't need to get into the specifics of the cap in terms of Mike Thomas. It's a little too tedious for, for live radio. But what it, gen, what, it, what it basically means is if you were going to move on from Mike Thomas this offseason, right – this is the step you had to take first. Absolutely. If you weren't going to move on from him and you wanted to just accept that cap hit and then maybe do something next year, that would be a question. But now that cap hit for 2024, which would be massive, would be guaranteed by the start of the next league year. And so I think what you're doing there is you're creating space where you can operate. And I don't think you're going to trade him. No, I think that's still too difficult. I think that – why would a team trade for him and, and accept that kind of weird contract situation when – you know, I think the writing's on the wall, and they know that if they wait it out, they can. If the team wants Mike Thomas, they can go sign Mike Thomas because I think he's going to be a, a cut. Right at this point, you know, it's like all right, the Saints might keep him, but it's looking like they're ready to move on at this point. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think other teams understand what's happening. It's exactly. not like there's a mystery there. Um, and I think, and they also guarantee that they gave Mike Thomas like a million dollar bonus, effectively. To you know, to grease the skids on why he would even sign this in the first place, um, or restructure in the first place. But yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to get anything for him on the trade market. I think it's just you know, this is kind of bon voyage for for a guy who had an incredible Saints career. Like that's the thing that annoys me when I go on Twitter and I see people calling him a, calling Mike Thomas a diva and like he quit on the He's team. Trash. And I was like, no, he got hurt. And he just never was able to come back from that. And it's, it's, it's awful. Like, I hate that because this is a guy who is on track to be one of the greatest wide receivers in NFL history in terms of, in terms of production. And, you know, he's the fourth leading receiver in Saints history in, like, 30 fewer games than, than the other guys on that list. Huh. Like, I think he started 73 games for the Saints or played in 73 games for the Saints. He's number four all-time in receiving yards. Like, Joe Horn is next on that list. He has 103 starts. And he's, like, 1,000 yards up. And so, like – like you need to appreciate like this is a guy who got paid right and then then set an nfl record for catches in a season i think that's forgotten about a lot too right it's not like they paid him and then he just like went away they paid him and he had an all-time great season and then week one of the next year 
<laughs> why he's on the field late in the game when it's over blocking is beyond me to begin with but that's where he got hurt blocking on a play he came back early hurt his ankle worse than you know it re-aggravated that injury and it never got right and then it's just been downhill ever since and that like that's the frustrating thing and hopefully he can restart his career somewhere else if you're the saints you're rooting for the guy because you know he's been working this whole time and the team knows that so yeah and that year where you like you mentioned he got hurt in the opener and then kind of forced his way back into the lineup yeah. towards the end of the year knowing that it was basically drew's last hurrah I think similar to Jarvis Landry this year, his own like competitive nature got you know in the worked way. to his detriment in yeah. the sense that he probably should have got surgery right away, right? But he wanted to he wanted to rehab, he wanted to play through it, just like Jarvis Landry this year wanted to play through it in week four, and he never got right. And so you know sometimes you have to save a player from themselves, and I think you learned a lesson there. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak here on First Take coming back from the break after this here on WWL Saints Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Back on first take, and it is time for the Oakland Heart Rolex time check. It is two hours, 13 minutes before kickoff in the Merce- uh, the Caesars Superdome. Going Uh-oh. back, yeah, going going way back there. You teleported back a year in time. And we've got a noon start between the Carolina Panthers and New Orleans Saints in the regular season finale for two teams whose season will come to an end today. I wonder if they are starting to get a little bit hungry, Jeff, because we're getting closer to that noon start. And I don't know. Game days always got me in the mood for some good pizza. I am hungry. I'm always hungry. That's kind of my thing. Uh, but yeah, we only can thank the folks at Magazine Pizza, 1068 Magazine, for feeding our game day crew. You can dine in or get delivery, and it's the best gourmet pizza selection in town. Plus, Magazine Pizza also has pastas, sandwiches, wings, and salads. Check out their website at magazinepizza.com. And you know, you know who doesn't get any pizza this week? The Panthers. Because this game could have been a winner-take-all NFC South showdown. Sure, we could have been the Saturday game. Right. This could have been a huge game. This was this was on the precipice. This was an 11-point blown lead away from being a game that the Panthers had to win to, to win the NFC South. And you know how exciting that was? Even if the Saints won and then the Falcons let them down, it would have at least been something enjoyable for this last week. 
but instead the Panthers couldn't hold up their end of the deal. And it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> uh, we got lucky, though, I would say, in general, just for the fact that we had significant football at least till week 17. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, it, I mean it, it was mostly a letdown of a season for the Saints, obviously. In a season that went the way it did, yeah. the fact that you got this close to the end of the season without having to say – well, like we could have been having all these conversations two weeks ago in, a, in another universe, right? Where they've already been eliminated. If if there's a 10-win team in the NFC South, the Saints are eliminated two weeks ago. Let's put it that way. Or at yeah. least from the division. Um, they still had a – they actually had a chance to back in. So the, the the Panthers aren't alone in letting the Saints down. The Vikings – who We got, who got help from nobody, right? Bolt raced by the Packers. Like that wasn't even – like like so – I, I didn't want to record our post-game podcast until after that game. That was the afternoon game because I wanted to have like the certain the correct level of dread in my voice based on what happened. And I was like, oh, I'll wait until the end of the Packers-Vikings game because if the Vikings had won that game, then the Saints would have gone to this week with a chance to back into the wild card with a few results, right? I didn't have to wait until the end of that game. <laughs> no, not at all. I was able to record with confidence at halftime because they were getting boat raced in that game. It was awful. And Justin Jefferson lost his mind in that matchup. Justin Jefferson won me my fantasy championship <laughs> because he decided to have one catch. He got put in jail. Oh, so he was on the other team? Yes. Okay. Yes, he won me my fantasy championship by being on the other team. And almost killing a referee in the process, too. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, he like swung his helmet, pulling like, a Miles Garrett in, in frustration to, at himself. Like he just didn't know the ref was there, but it was like, oh man, that was close. But yeah, no, that was that was bizarre. But yeah, like those two results, they they ended the season for the Saints, which you know the Saints ended their own season. Like they don't have anyone to blame but themselves. But it is frustrating that like, why can no one else ever help the Saints? Right? Like last year, all you needed the Rams to do was not blow a seventeen point lead, wah, wah. and they did. Um, you know, when the Saints go 13 and three and they can't get the Seahawks, like the Seahawks get to the half yard line and can't get across and you know, that sort of thing. And you don't have a buy anyway. It's annoying. No, between the refs and every team in the NFL, everyone's conspiring against New Orleans. It's a fact. Including New Orleans. <laughs> Including New Orleans. Yes. All right. We're back with our last segment of first take coming back after this break on WWL, AM, FM, and.com. This is how we do on first take. Jeff Nowak, Steve Geller winding down on the season finale week 18 finale. matchup are you yes. like series finale more like no uh it's yeah this is a yeah do we get a preview of, of next year no i mean we could end up with a panthers saints season opener too so you never know it could be a little bit of a carryover i have one prediction for this game and it's that bet the over on rashid shaheed props oh i like that all of them i like that all of them because if there's one thing that I can tell you in this game is that the Panthers cannot cover down the field based on what I saw the, the Bucks do, uh, I think Mike Evans is still running by himself. And it's like if you can match – if you get Rashid Shaheed matched up on Josh Norman at any point in this game, it's a touchdown. Well, what <laughs> unfortunately still makes me sick about that week three matchup is LaVishka Chenault being able to run free against the Saints. And I don't know if he has another touchdown, honestly, this season. I, I, I have, couldn't say I followed the Panthers well enough to tell you how LaVisca <laughs> Chenault is doing, but, yeah, they definitely didn't tackle him when they had the chance there. But I don't know. Like, it, it is it, – I'm just hoping to see, like, a competitive football game. I'm not convinced we're going to get that. You don't think so? I, I think, uh, honestly, because obviously these two teams know each other so well, it is a divisional matchup. And I know while nothing might be at stake, there's still – both teams are playing for something, a little bit of pride on their ends. Obviously, the Panthers' uh, head coach is trying to prove that he's worthy 
of a full-time job. And I think that Dennis Allen in year one obviously wants to go out on a high note, you know, considering what else happened this season. I just think from a motivation standpoint, when you are the team that has it in your hands, right, which they did. The Panthers, all they had to do was win out and get into the playoffs. And last week they could not get the job done. I think from a motivation standpoint, you lose it real fast. Um, And I would be surprised if this team, if the Panthers come into this game with the type of edge that you have to have to to win a football game against a team that's going to go. Like the the Saints aren't going to – aren't going to phone it in. Like, they're going to try to win this game. Like, they're going to go all out with the players that they have available. And I just think it's a really – I don't want to say depressing, but it's a demoralizing feeling to do it the way the Panthers did last week and to have your season end on your terms and your terms be the reason that you lost. Uh, and so I would be surprised if you get a you get a grade-A game from the Panthers today. No, hopefully we see at least the Saints get to jump out on top of them and then grind out the victory, I guess. How are you feeling about that three-and-a-half-point spread oh, going into this? Say, because you have been a man that's been rolling lately with betting. Off, we got off the air. I'm going to put in a parlay <laughs> with the Saints minus three-and-a-half and Rashid Shahid over whatever the yardage total is because he's going to break that. And that's what I'm going to say. Like I, I would, I would bet the Saints minus three and a half. And investing heavily in Shahid. Yeah, yeah. Like Rashid's going to catch a touchdown today. He's going to catch a hundred yards. I think it's going to be that game. Like that outlook, Jeff. Steve Geller, along with Jeff Nowak, winding things down on first take. Coming up next, the Bud Light countdown to kickoff with Bobby Abair and Mike Detillier on WWL Saints Radio. Steve Geller saying so long for the 2022-23 season. I'll be talking to you from the sidelines soon enough when game time kicks off on WWL Saints Radio at noon. Jeff, what would you like to say going out? Is it over yet? It is. Who dat? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 